Hi, I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast. Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation. We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag, BossSoHard. We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account. So sit back, relax, and take notes while we show you how to dream big, work hard, and repeat. Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are on episode... 68. 68. I was going to say 67. I was wrong. Um, I haven't like looked at our episode count in a hot minute. I think I had to explain to some because I did a, a workshop on fire and I was like, oh, we're on episode 68. So that's the only reason why I know. <laughs> we're going to be at 100 soon. You ready? Yeah, it's it's coming. It's real. We should uh, map that out and know what week it's coming so we can plan a celebration and a giveaway. I don't know what we're going to give away, but it'll be We can find some stuff. I know some people. So you had an awesome weekend in Philly. did. I was there from Saturday morning, literally. The flight only took an hour and a half. So it was a lot shorter than it was supposed to. So I was there from Saturday until like literally at 12 o'clock, like 12 hours ago. Yeah. (laughs) Like I I got home at midnight, so. Um, I loved watching all of your adventures on Instagram. Because you know I don't do that. I know, you normally don't. I don't. But I do it for when I, especially if I'm speaking at a conference, I do it specifically for the organizer's sake because that's how they judge whether or not those metrics are what they send to sponsors Mm -hmm. based on social media. So I really like go over in a board so I can and over and beyond just so they can have that information so they can send to their sponsors so they can get better sponsors every year so that's the only time I will do it is when I'm nine times out of ten when I'm speaking or I'm at an event where I want to support the organizer so so did you have like a favorite um speech that you saw or a favorite like um, so we did a VIP speakers dinner, which is kind of like a secret happy hour before we, so we all met beforehand and that's my baby family. Like I love yeah. everyone that was there. Um, all, everybody was so funny. Um, Jen from Get Bullish was probably one of my favorite people. She, um, getbullish.com basically is like, screw the patriarchy, which is basically great for what we're talking about today mm-hmm. on our show. Um, and she was like my dream goals. Like I was like, I want to be you when I grow up. And then. Insta baby daddy Andy from Insta father was probably one of the like we were just cracking jokes and getting in trouble the whole time because that's we were the such same, a we're the I same love people. That idea, like a <laughs> yeah. VIP like speaker. I mean, we do it all the time. time. Uh, most of the time, work camps and other uh, we've always done it. Well, so you're I always, lucky. I have not got to do that yet. Yeah, but like, everything I'm speaking at yet, like they've just like speakers go over here and then you meet them and you're like hi other speakers no yeah i've always i I mean that's generally how you break the ice and kind of have people like have your tribe um but the end was a kind of a panel with working with brands and amber burns who will be on our show in a couple of weeks shout out to amber um and uh, Erica, can't pronounce her last name. I'm going to have links in show notes. And then also, like, Rachel. All these people. I'll put all, everybody's link in the show notes. I love how the way that you said it, though, it still sounded like a name. Like, you didn't, like, say, like, oh, man. I get, you just, like, just yeah. flow through it. Um, they did a thing on working with brands. And so I definitely will have Erica on the show. She's really excited. So we're going to pitch uh, have her talk about working with brands some more and have Amber talk about that. Because they really had like really good insights on what it's like and just what to do. And one thing that I thought what Amber said, which was awesome, somebody asked, well, when do you send your media kit? And she was like, don't send it first. Yeah. And I think people don't understand that. And so, because um, we get a lot of pitches and other pitches include your media kit and it's like you don't even know us or nine times out of ten it's a broad email so they mm-hmm. haven't even listened to the show yeah. and don't know what we're talking about all the people who email us and say that okay to be white 
and attach your media yes. it's like yeah we do get that a lot do you do you listen bro um so yeah that was probably one of my fa- i loved all the speakers um sarah morgan of exo sarah was literally the keynote. people have, like just have to stop really quick literally people have said in emails to us guys I'm white. Is that okay? No, like several people. Yes, if it's, it, okay it, it's not just white. one person, and I it's get okay it. To be it's here. several people. Absolutely. But it's almost like indicative of That's the just fact like that you. That's like the weirdest sentence I've ever read. You like, didn't listen to our show. You didn't even go yeah. to the show page because there's obviously like we've had white Lots speakers white on several on times. We've had men on. We got. <clears throat> is it okay to be a man? Yeah. And my mom was white, so there's that. We did push. <laughs> I did push us with the dude. Like it's yeah, totally fine. But it was fine. Competition. Yeah, I talked about working with. Like growing your blog into a podcast, so that was my um, topic. So it was really awesome. Well, awesome. Well, we're ready to get started. So today on the podcast, we're discussing the intersection of activism and creativity and how we can use our creativity to be more socially active. We're honored to have activist and writer Shishi Rose with us today. And for those of our listeners who aren't really familiar with your work, uh, just let us know a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Um, hi, everybody. I am an activist and a writer, and I'm one of the national organizers for the Women's March. Um, I kind of just dabble in everything, but um, one of the biggest things that I do is to go into a lot of um, activist spaces that are mostly white and change the dialogue a little bit and make people think a little bit differently. So I feel like that's where I'm most useful right now. That is super awesome because I think historically we all kind of know that there have been, especially in white spaces, there mm-hmm. are, you know, nonprofits and activist spaces that have been around for decades. And then when you start to bring in- intersectionalism in it, into it, they get kind of like, oh, snap, we didn't think about black people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get a lot of, oh, snap, we didn't think about well, black people a lot, actually. Um, but I mean, it's, it's rough out there um it's definitely a battle every time i change the dialogue because people you know a lot of white women they start saying um oh you know we're all women you know we should just focus on women's issues and then i always have to remind them that making it black and talking about black issues doesn't negate the fact that that's a women's issue right exactly it's a, it's a women issue, but it's also a black woman issue. It's an Asian woman issue. It's a Muslim woman issue. You know, it's a yeah. trans woman and issue. The other thing too is that like I go into these spaces and I and I talk or whatever, but I can't um, hold space for every marginalized person that exists because right. I'm only one. <laughs> exactly. Totally understand. I spent the whole weekend talking about this stuff. So I was say, like, yeah, I think that's like right front and center on your site. It's like you're like, I'm not every single black woman. Like I am myself. So at the end of the day, like these are my views. Uh, but I feel like you do a really great job representing us. So just thank you because everything you do is fantastic. Thank you. So most of our listeners are entrepreneurs and creatives, and many of them are people of color or women or both. And since creativity and activism go hand in hand, what are some good ways that listeners can contribute to a social justice movement while using their creative skills? Um, yeah, I think what's great about like art or um, writing in general is it reflects the times. So I think if anybody can try to incorporate the things that we're dealing with right now, whether it be like the election or like race issues, and they can incorporate that into their work, then that is a really radical act. But also, if they are from a marginalized group and they are a creative person, just harnessing that creativity is an act of resistance because all of those places tell us that we shouldn't exist inside of them. So even if it doesn't get political, just existing in that space can kind of make it political and it takes a stand and puts black or 
Asian or other faces at the forefront. That's so true and so important. I feel like this year I definitely, um, I feel like before the election, I didn't have as hard of a time putting myself in white spaces. And now I'm struggling with it more because I'm just tired. I guess <laughs> that's just like the reality. Like, you know, like I, I'm like, I, I know that it's important to, to put myself in these white spaces and, and to speak up. But, you know, God, it just it gets tiring after a while. But it is it's just really just being able to create and exist and, and share your talent with others when you're a person of color going through this is an act of resistance in itself. Yeah, and then like another thing that I like to remind people who maybe aren't the marginalized people, like when I go into those rooms, I'm just like, your job is to support the creative works of people of color or other marginalized groups. Mm -hmm. You know, that is part of your work as an ally. Um, one time I got into an argument with a woman who didn't want to see I'm not your Negro because she said that she had nothing that she needed to learn. Oh, and wow, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> It was, wow. it was a white woman, and I actually <laughs> didn't even have to talk anymore because one of the white guys that was there, he ended up getting really upset with her, and he was like, listen, your job is to buy ticket sales. This movie is going to be is going to um, be judged by how many tickets it produces. So if all you can do as an ally is buy a ticket, then buy a ticket. Yeah. Like, that is your job. And everyone on Earth has stuff to learn. For James Baldwin, like houseway, like, yeah, how do you yeah. have stuff to I learn. Like, how, I was like, you know how much I learned. I watched it twice. I was like, you know how much I learned as a black person. Yeah, I was, like, shook to my core. That is actually true. I don't understand how Marsha over here is like. I can't. <laughs> I can't learn anything from this amazing black man, but like also knew some of the most like legendary black activists of our like lifetime. Right, especially um being our age alone we didn't exist yeah. in that time period he has so much knowledge and stuff that he wrote about that is now just being uncovered just through this project alone so many of his works weren't even out there because they had to fight to get this information like girl what are you I talking know. about <laughs> plus, plus the and fact then, that like, because he was a writer he got to like straddle all of the different sides of activism so then that's why he had so much to say about mm. like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King right. like, we don't really see those two worlds collide very often even though that they did Oh, man. That's just Ooh. crazy to me. And also, it's like the black experience is not singular. So just because even as a black person, like, yes, I walk through, you know, life being black, but it's like, I don't understand what, you know, it's like to be you or what it's like yeah. to be like, everyone has a completely different experience. So to just be like, nope, I get it. I get black people. I get you guys as a whole. I'm done. Like, what? I, I took black history oh, in college. God. It's fine. I cannot. <laughs> so how old were you when you realized you wanted to be a writer and what led you to write about the issues that you write about? And do you ever hit a roadblock when you're writing about these issues just because of the emotional weight of them? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always kind of loved to write as a child, um, but it was never about any of this. I guess just growing up and being a black woman and understanding the struggles that we face just kind of like moved my writing in that direction. But I hit a lot of roadblocks, I think, A, because it is such emotional labor, but B, because I never intended to be writing about race. So it's like, that's not, yeah, I'm pas passionate about race, but I am not passionate as far as like writing solely about race. So it's like, almost feels like it's taken the creativity out of me to give this other thing to people in order for them to consume it. Yeah. Oh man, totally. <laughs> like when you said that, I immediately understood what you're talking about because when you set out in your heart, just passion, especially as an artist, it, you're doing this because you want to create. And especially when I was younger, I created a lot of things that I felt like I wanted to do. And then when I get into a space where I'm forced to do something, that's heavy. Like it's heavy. This is heavy, heavy emotional stuff. 
it's like, well, how do I go back and, and find the joy in it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, especially yeah. when there's so much pain and so much hurt and a lot of the things that you're discussing and that you're writing about, I can, I can only imagine how hard it is to fight through that and just find the creativity and put your own spin on it. And then, like, what's hard for me, I think, too, is that normally, I mean, almost always I write from my own perspective. Something that I write about was triggered from an event that happened or something. Mm -hmm. So then when people come and fight that, they're not just, like, fighting what I'm talking about. They're fighting the actual experiences that I had or somebody close to me had. So then that is just another whole aspect of it that I'm fighting against my own experiences that somebody else didn't live. That's, yeah, and I feel like I just saw the other day that you posted a meme of, um, or it wasn't a meme. I mean, it was you <laughs> and people being like mad and putting together this like, uh, in, like thing on, was it Instagram or Twitter where they were talking about? Like, oh, I found it on Twitter and it was like, is she, she Rose right or are white women right? <laughs> oh my yes. word. But like, again, when you, when, when that's the sort of, uh, you know, following in a sense that you're creating, like, you know, you're doing the right thing because you're getting people that upset that they're putting together, uh, these weird little, yeah, it, it's, it's something to see guys. Please go to our Instagram and see it immediately. Cause it's, a, yeah, I was just like, wow. <laughs> did someone send what? that to you or did you just like run across it? I, somebody sent it to me, but then I ended up on this whole like search of myself <laughs> on the internet. And then I found this video where this guy made this video that says people I don't like, she she rose and it's like a four minute video oh, of no. him just like talking crap about me and i was laughing so hard because i was like you really took four minutes out of your day to like wow this, but then you had to like edit it and stuff wow it's just so funny to me what people waste their time on but <sighs> um it does mean i'm doing something that is in the right direction if people are this angry because it's stirring something in them absolutely francesca ramsey people hate her and she just got a pilot for a tv show so you're going in the right yeah. direction <laughs> yeah i have some projects in the work so i'm like keep on with the hate yeah i need the the push yeah know. for real so we are in 2017 we're in the sunken place when it comes to political climate <laughs> yeah and there are so many things to be concerned about what are some of the issues that you're most focused on right now and what can our listeners do to get involved or help the cause um, as far as my activism, I feel like I will just continue doing the work that I've already been doing. But one thing that I do want to focus on with the people who are like following me on social media, I want white women to realize that they need to be stepping up and educating other white women because educating white women is such uh, an exhausting task. Um, and it's their job to do that as allies. And uh, the other day, I posted something and like two different white women came into my DMs really irate and angry with me. And there was another white woman who had been like very educated that I had talked to a couple of days before in DM. And she's like, if you ever need like help with like talking to anybody and you don't want to do it yourself, just like send them my way or whatever. So I sent both of these women her way and she like spent like hours like trying to educate them. And I was like, so now that's perfect. Like the burden has now been lifted off of me, the marginalized person, and I can go be more useful in another space. So that's what I want to focus on is getting them to realize that they need to be stepping into those positions and that maybe that can be their leadership position because white women always want to be leaders Mm -hmm. in any sort of movement. So maybe that's where they need to be leading in the resistance work and educating with their own fellow white women after they have taken the time to educate themselves. 
Yeah, so if you didn't listen, I'll simplify. If you're a woke person of privilege, please educate other people who are in privileged spaces. Yeah, it is yeah. really exhausting. And, and I love, like, again, you've been going into these white spaces and being very active and using your voice. So I, I think that that's, you know, a perfect role for you to get them to mobilize because it is true. Like, when white women mobilize, things do happen. I mean, we were both at the Women's March. We both are aware of that. And, yes, there were a lot of white women there. Um, but, yeah, it's they – that's the thing is like they kind of come into situations and don't always fully grasp what is going on and just kind of like run full stream ahead. And it is very exhausting as a person of color to constantly be having to educate people over and over and over again. I have some people, I wouldn't even call them friends anymore because they frustrated me to that point where I can't even call them that anymore. But where I've had to explain a million times like that I don't quote unquote talk white, you know what I mean? Or that when I'm getting mad, I'm not like becoming black. Um, and so having yeah. those conversations over and over and over and over again, uh, it's it's exhausting. So I, I think that that's great that you're getting white women to actually step up and take on that role. And also just because like white women need to understand that they need to mobilize, not just when they're scared too. Because yes. Like, women, yes. women of color will mobilize on any issue. Like, oh, there's a Muslim rally. Here come the women of color. There's, you know, a rally for gay people's lives. Here come women of color to support. Mm-hmm. But, like, white women will only center themselves in the conversation. So that, that's why they were able to mass mobilize like that for the march. Because they were there for their own issues. They weren't all there for everybody's issues. And that's what we need to fix. But I can't. I and other black women cannot be solely responsible for, like, getting them there. So I think that, like, that is the biggest focus that I want to take uh, with activism for, like, other people. And then just for myself, I want to, like work on self-care and I want to encourage other women of color to work on self-care because that is a radical act and we all need to engage in it more often and I think that if we're too worn down throughout this then we're not going to get anywhere so um yeah I want to publicly work on those two things to basically tell white women what they need to be doing and then women of color hey we need to take care of ourselves because we're not doing that So you once said, now is the time for you to be listening more, talking less. You should be reading our books and understanding the roots of racism and white supremacy, listening to our speeches. You should be drowning yourself in our poetry. So I really love that quote because I think that consuming art and creativity from other people of color is incredibly important. So who are the creative people of color that you're currently listening to, reading about, watching, all that good stuff? Yeah. Um, well, right now I, I do this like every six months where I just get like heavily, heavily obsessed with all of the Black Panther women um, <laughs> just, just because I feel like they like fuel my soul. Um, but right now I have just been listening to like speeches from um, Ash- uh, not Asana Shakur, um, Kathleen Cleaver and Angela Davis, and they have been giving me a lot of hope right now just because Black women have been leading so much. And have been involved in so much and have accomplished so much. And yeah, I just, I think that we need to have those strong women in our lives and we need to like incorporate them in small ways. Like some days, if I can't read one of the books or something, I will just listen to a really quick speech of theirs and then I'm like hyped to go to the next feminist meeting or whatever. Yeah, people know a lot about Angela Davis more so because she was more iconic and more in a visual way. Mm-hmm. And especially, and, her, yeah. yeah, but Kathleen Cleaver, I think people really sleep on her and really need to listen to her speeches and listen to and read her writing and her experiences because she is so powerful like it's crazy 
And she accomplished so much right. with the Panthers that a lot of people don't know about, that a lot of the things that the men were given credit for yes. was actually her, and it was Elaine Brown, too. Mm-hmm. And right. they don't know that. So, yeah, that's what I like to focus on. And it's like, you know, I know a ton about the the men of that time period and everything that they accomplished, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know a lot about the women until the past couple of years. And even reading about Coretta Scott King and everything that she did to support Martin's work is just yeah. um, amazing. And we need to make sure that all of them are properly represented when we rewrite the history books. I am one of those people who, in an obnoxious way probably to other people, um, on Martin Luther King's birthday, I'm like, Coretta Scott King, like, all over the internet. Because I think people do need to understand how much work she did before, like, bef- you know, during his activism. And even after, she was so powerful in helping, you know, unite all the women in Betty Shabazz and all these people. So I think people really uh, think- don't know so much about Coretta, but she has an incredible life. Like, she had such an incredible life from start to finish. I think it's interesting because I think that, um, you know, with the Obama presidency, like, that's the first time that... I think we've actually like appreciated and understood how important a woman was in the moment. Like obviously we all love Michelle Obama. Right. And we realized that like she could <coughs> she can do it all by herself anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like like her yeah. and Brock are, are a power couple for sure, but it's like if she didn't have him next to him, like she would be damn fine. Like she would be alright. Um so yeah. I think it's good that we're finally at that point where we're starting to recognize, but it's so true that there's so many women uh, that have come before and not really gotten that recognition. Yeah. So you so- use oh sorry, continue. Uh, I was just going to say, and so now is the time to really, like, hype them up Mm -hmm. and learn about all of them. I've been reading about uh, labor strikes recently, and um, how many of them were, like, led by women of color is just amazing. The fact that we have, like, a non-12-hour workday is, like, women of color. (laughs) Yeah, so um, it's so important to read about these people. And thank you for that, because I like sleep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right? thank you black women yes <laughs> every day of my life yeah <laughs> so you use instagram as your main platform to communicate with your followers and fellow activists what made you choose between instagram over other social networks um i didn't choose anything actually i never actually intended to make an activist page i um just had this page that me and my best friend had together and we basically were just ranting about feminism on there but we never expected people to like follow us. We just wanted a place to put our thoughts down. <laughs> and then people started following us and then it kind of like catapulted out of control. And then eventually I took it because I was like the only person doing all the work on there once it got big. Yeah. And now I have this weird place that I never intended to have. So <laughs> that's, um, I yeah, think that's I never, the best way I to make habit happen it. though. That's, that's the best way. Cause it's authentic, you know? I think, yeah, but it's also like, I never intended to make anything out of this, like, thing that I had. So now it's just, it's a weird place to be in. But it's good. It just can be equally bad. It can also be very toxic sometimes. Yeah. So speaking of toxic, uh, (laughs) the election and just 2016 and even, you know, these first uh, 100 days. Um, so everything that's just been happening has been difficult for women, for people of color, and just for, really for anyone that has a conscience and, and a soul. Um, so how did you, you manage to make it through that time? Um, and what are you doing now to practice self-care? Yeah, um, during that time was like really horrible for like taking care of myself because the election, that was very hard on me. And the amount of places that I was in where I was trying to speak up about these issues 
and having people like just knock me back down constantly. And the thing is that got really hard too was that during the election, if I spoke out at all about something that maybe Hillary had done, for instance, about like, because one thing that I would do in these rooms was I would be like, hey, listen, we need to get more votes. And she's who we have. You know that I don't like her, but I'm supporting <laughs> her. I'm, I'm canvassing for her. I'm doing all this work for her. But in order for us to get the other black people that do not support her, then we need to talk about race more. And we need to talk about the part that she's played in things in the past. And we need to try to build a bridge here. And then they would just, like, knock me back down. I would have, like, black people working in the election that would be basically telling me to sit down and be quiet or calling me, like, an ignorant millennial. So, um... It was very trying, but I learned a lot, and I definitely learned that I probably won't ever go into politics because I don't want to turn into that black person that would, like, try to tear down my own person in order for a white person to rise up in the government. But um, I just, I learned a lot about the way that the government works in general. Um, Even though we had these really horrible results with Donald Trump, I can say that with the Obama... um, cabinet i didn't know who was in obama's cabinet i didn't know some of the people that were surrounding him that were influencing him and helping him make decisions but now i know because with trump i can like name people and i can name their positions and how we can like change it and kick them out and put somebody else in um so i think that it was a hard experience but a a very good learning experience but i just want to like take a break from that so what i've been doing my biggest thing for self-care take a break from Donald Trump is not looking at Twitter Mm -hmm. so I haven't been looking at Twitter really in like a couple weeks so I feel like I'm behind in the news but I feel like that's really important for people of color to take a break sometimes Mm -hmm. like we can't always sit here and just like take this news constantly because it's everything it's like the news about things that are happening to black people and then there's news that's like happening to the entire country and then there's like things that are happening abroad and it just becomes too much sometimes so sometimes take a break reassess I feel like that's the only advice that I have because I'm still working on finding self-care. I totally agree. So you are working on a book right now, which is super exciting and such a big deal. When do you think we will be able to put it in our pockets, on our phones, <laughs> everywhere? Um, I don't know. It's on hold right now because I'm working on so many other projects. But um, I would love if it became a thing soon. But I'm so busy, I don't even have time to finish writing it. So I don't want to put a date on it, but hopefully look out soonish. Are we allowed to ask, like, are we allowed to ask, like, what genre it is? Because I know you have, like, writing skills for, you know, multiple genres, so. Yeah, um, I'm writing three books. One is just a book about my life that's basically going going to encompass, like, personal stuff, but also what it's like to exist as a black woman in this country. And it's going to tap into activism a little bit. And then the other two are children's books. And one of the children's books is how to talk to children about racism and privilege. Add to cart. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready. Um, You know, I have a kid, so that's fantastic. Um, Your kid is really, really woke. Like, whenever... So whenever you say, um, like, if anybody's talking about, like, princes or princes, kings and queens, when you say king, she's like, Martin? Yeah. (laughs) She thinks that, like, Martin Luther King is, like, the only king. And I feel like the only, like, yeah, like, it's just, like, all black holidays and just, yeah, yeah. She's she's a very uh, conscious child. I love it. 
That's perfect. So as far as being a creative, uh, where do we go from here? Like specifically creatives of color. Like how do we navigate a, a, I don't even want to say. Don't say the word. Him. I just say him in the White House. I've never said, you know, and I'm never going to say it. But him in the White House. How do we deal with that and still be creative and still flourish and still, you know, be our best selves? Yeah. Um, I mean, for myself personally, this may not help anybody else, but what I like to think about is he is horrible. Yes. But this country was already kind of shitty before him. <laughs> so um, he is not going to stop me from being creative because if that was the case, then the way that the world was before would have stopped me from being creative. Mm. I have to be able to harness my own capabilities regardless of what's going on because I'm still a person and a human being that exists, but um, he does make it difficult because, you know, every two seconds there's some more information about some horrible thing that he did, but um, I just like to focus on that, that it was shitty before, we gotta change it, how can I use my creative talents to maybe um, shake it up a little bit and also, you know, make myself a little less angry with the state of the world right now because we do have to change everything that's happening, but we can't just like live solely through what's happening in politics. Definitely. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, it's it wasn't perfect before, so I mean, that's it's a hundred percent. It's true. never been great. Being, yeah, it's being never a black been person. Ideal. Um, <laughs> um, we, so. I feel like a lot of people do really think that like things were great, and then everything fell apart the moment that he got elected. And I'm trying to remind them, like. Hey, listen, like colonization has been a thing for a while. Yeah. And, like genocide has been a thing for a while. And also that like as horrible as he is, he's not even our problem. The problem is the system that elected him. Yes. Right. You know, he mm-hmm. is a person just like anybody else. I hate to say this, but because he's a person, he's probably also has moments where he's good. And because he also has a lot of moments where he's bad because any person can be capable of both. Mm-hmm. But if we keep like fixating on him, we like get distracted over the fact that it's actually the system. The entire system. Absolutely. I mean, a system that's out there murdering black people and putting it on social media to be consumed obviously is flawed. And that's something that has been happening far before I ever thought that he could, you know, be elected to the highest office. So yeah, or a system that is using the stupid stuff that he says to distract us. Right. While black people are still being killed. And like right now, nobody is talking about black people that have been killed even in like, since he just got inaugurated. And so that the distraction that they do, like that's how it's working us. So that's another reason that I've tried to stay off of Twitter because I don't want him to be in my head all the time because he's not who I need to take down. I like that. You have to take down the entire system. And uh, yeah, it is a lot more work, but it does put things into perspective as far as like, you know, pre-Trump and post-Trump and and what we should be doing creatively. So yeah, I mean, like sometimes I feel like I'm in the Hunger Games. (laughs) He's President Snow. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But it's really the system that Snow created. I completely understand because I feel like I'm in the Harry Potter novels and he's Voldemort and I'm Hermione. So I completely (laughs) get you there. Yeah. I'm like, the the Potter books have prepared me. Yeah, exactly. I always read her as black as a child because, I mean, she has curly hair and they talk a lot about how, like, you know, her hair is just out there and the humidity and all that. And, like, so her hair and my hair growing up, I was like, oh, this is the same. 
So it just kind of made sense to me. Um, and, like, everyone, like, white people came out and they were like, oh, no, she's white because she blushed. And I'm like, bitch, I blush. So, because I'm light. So, and I'm still black. So thank you very much. <laughs> but, yeah. I know, and they could have even made her Jewish, though, because, like, Jewish women have curly hair. Yeah, I was going to say, she could be, like, Eskenazi Jewish and she would have been fine, so. True. Yeah, and they just, no, they are. They just totally decided to override all minorities. But it's fine but. because I just saw the play and she's black now, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and those books have definitely prepared me uh, for what we're dealing with now. And I think uh, it's obviously, you know, Hunger Games and, and Harry Potter are both a great example of being creative and, and dealing with bad situations and, and making them into something creative that other people, that might help other people, so yeah for sure definitely important well thank you so much for talking to us today i feel like we both learned so much and i know our listeners are going to learn a lot as well and i just really appreciate you taking out the time because i know that you are hella busy organizing stuff and just you know really working hard for all of you're like busy doing important things yeah you're real like you're (laughs) of all the people we've had on like you are the busiest you're i mean you helped organize the women's march so you're out there really doing it and we just really appreciate you being a voice for us thank you so much for having me